0: Time enough at
1: last. Submitted for your consideration. To sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad, re-watch The Twilight
0: Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that twilight show about that zone. This is Mr. Bartlett Finchley, age 48. A practicing sophisticate who writes very special and very precious things for gourmet. He's a bachelor and a recluse with few friends, only devotees and adherents to the cause of tart sophistry. He has no interest, save whatever current annoyances he can put his mind to. He has no purpose to his life, except the formulation of day-to-day opportunities to vent his wrath on mechanical contrivances of an age he abhors. In short, Mr. Bartlett Finchley is a malcontent, born either too late or too early in the century, and who, in just a moment, will enter a realm where muscles and the will to fight back are not limited to human beings. Next stop for Mr. Bartlett Finchley twilight zone
2: episode number 40 of the twilight zone was a thing about machines and uh so sean and another uh, thing about me um you know we're learning all sorts of things about uh, about young keith <laughs> uh when i was young i thought you could tell how rich someone was by how long the hood of their car was oh interesting yeah that makes
1: sense that makes sense
2: so, so obviously, as soon as this episode uh, began, I knew that uh, Bartlett Finchley was a, uh, was a rich guy.
1: <laughs> and we, have to, we do have to give it up. You know, we've we've uh, uh, run, whether it's Sterling or, or any other writers, through, through the mud for picking just horrible names. But if you want to name a rich, annoying villain, it's Bartlett Finchley.
2: I, I think so, absolutely, um, a, and I think that um, you know maybe I'll change my tune after we, uh, you know, make it all the way through the series. But I think that Fitchley might actually be the the char- the Twilight Zone character that I like the least. Really,
1: that's um, some unlikable. What was the? Oh no, what was the guy? In the, uh, <laughs> the episode where the family was going to go off to Mars, and then their 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 jerk neighbor came over, he was bald. Oh yeah, uh, that was, uh,
2: it was third from the sun, and yeah. uh, they were, they were actually going to Earth. Um, oh, that's uh, right, that's right. Spoiler. Alert. Yeah, he, he's definitely up there too. Uh, but but I mean, like like you could actually point to. Uh, you know, like that guy, and I, and I can't remember the character's name. Um, he was definitely a very dedicated employee.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: So from a certain point of view, he does he does have some virtues, right? Yes. Uh, Fitchley, I I got nothing. I, I Who treats know. a repairman like that? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, and it's worth pointing out, by the way, that the TV repairman is the diner cook from the Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up. <laughs> uh, he's the guy who has the uh, the third eye covered by the... Uh, that's the
1: that, that's season, I think.
2: Uh, I think it is. I think it's coming up uh, pretty quickly. So apparently, like, he was just there for the day and they knocked out a couple episodes. Perfect. Um. So, so Finchley is... Um, uh he's uh he's a he's a unique character and uh he believes that all the machines in his house are conspiring against him. He's the okay. thing.
1: He is Howard Hughes. Um <laughs> he, has, he has gone absolutely off the deep end. Um you know what? If you don't like all these uh crazy doodads and, and machines, stop buying them Eventually.
2: Yeah, at some point he had to have said, I need a new TV. I'm going to buy a TV. And, uh, you know, you can't be be mad at him. Uh, One of my favorite moments is when uh, Finchley tells uh, said TV repairman he's going to write a chapter about him in his memoirs and call it the most forgettable person I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're writing a chapter in your memoirs about him, I would say he wasn't exactly forgettable, Finchley.
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty memorable because uh, I would imagine you're not unless it has a chapter about every single person you've ever met.
2: Yeah. Like, like, listen, uh, if I ever write uh, memoirs about my career in radio, there's going to be some I'm going to be naming some names.
1: Sure. Absolutely. And
2: and then I'm I'm not going to subsequently act like I don't know the person. Michael
1: (laughs) Jordan, Sammy Sosa, (laughs) Bill Cartwright. I like how Bill Cartwright's my third Chicago sports figure.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he's—he's actually. Um, uh, no, I, I'm thinking of Bill Paxton. No, he's my Cartwright's nowhere, nowhere near. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so here, here's the here's the big question about this episode for me, and 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 maybe it is uh, for you as well. What I'm trying to figure out is, are the was Finchley being attacked by the machines because he's a jerk just in general. And so he's getting his comeuppance or were these machines specifically fighting back for the things that he did to machines?
1: I, so I think of this as, and you know, last week I, I drew a parallel to Perchance to dream, but I think this is one of those situations where it's all in his head. And he actually did just have a, you know, spoiler alert, but the guy dies at the end. <laughs> um, uh, that He has a heart attack at the end. Um, but in his mind, while he's in the twilight zone, I don't, it's, I actually kind of enjoyed this episode. I, I, I didn't think I would, uh, from what I remembered, uh, it being, but I really liked the, um, get out of here Finchley, uh, mm-hmm. con- constant messages because the, um, the tone that, uh, the tone that it was said in by, um, uh, Barbara or Edith, sorry, uh, played by Barbara Stewart. Um, she, uh, she kind of says like, get out of here officially. Like, you know, maybe you should get out of here and go, you know, get some fresh air or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that may been, that may have been the, the, the medicine to, you know, all the ails him. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's in his mind. Um, because I think it's all happening in his mind, I think they're evil machines. They're not—they're not giving his uh, him his just desserts or his comeuppance uh, because in his mind—and that's in my in my mind—that this like this is all happening in his mind. Um, he's done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So well, he's, I mean, a- he's running away, and that's why it happens at the end.
2: Yeah, I, I do think it's funny that uh, he. Sort of, at least, acts like he feels bad for saying bad things about her. <laughs> but you know, he, he he's just yeah. You know, he's he's saying all these things about her. He, he doesn't he doesn't really care. He's just scared of the machines.
1: Um, I do I do appreciate um, the way in which uh, or what was it uh, uh, Edith, Edith uses the term Mortal Combat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely think that's where the video game came from.
2: Well, let, next week we'll get the creator of Mortal Kombat on We'll have him along with uh, uh, Robert De Niro and M. Night Shyamalan if they've, if they've just made their career ripping off the Twilight Zone. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: we already know Jordan Peele has, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so one what, what of the things that uh, – uh, you know, the question that that stuck in my head is, um, you know, like it's one thing for the machines to come alive in the way that that some of them do. You know, like the shape yeah. starts attacking them, but how does the woman on the TV or the phone like talk to him? That that's what I'd like to know because because I think of all these things from like a very practical perspective. <laughs> And, you know, like, wh- where did this, wh- where did this footage of the woman saying, why don't you get out of here, Finchley? So, where did come from?
1: Do you remember the, the cartoon movie, Broad Little Toaster? I do. Yeah, know, yes, quiet. I'm so glad it, it's, <laughs> it's it's the
2: uh, it's the Citizen Kane of movies about toasters.
1: It's so good. It's so sad and it's so scary, and no child should ever watch it. I don't know why my parents let me. But um, in that movie, I think Crazy Ed from Crazy Ed's Appliance, who lives in a TV because he's just a commercial running nonstop on the TV, he kind of has the same interaction. Um, so I think it's just because they're they're. Um, <laughs> they've reached uh, singularity. I think. I think that uh, they're all working in tandem.
2: Could be, or I mean, it may be that that you're correct that he's just sort of hallucinating all. He of lost
1: this. his damn mind. Do you think that Stephen King watched this episode and then then <laughs> did a mile long line of cocaine and then got to work writing uh, Maximum Overdrive?
2: Oh, I think that's absolutely what had to have happened. Yes, let's get him on next <laughs> week. Let's let's get him on. Yeah,
1: I gotta oh, tell God. you, we bring our listeners the stars, Keith. It's amazing. <laughs> it,
2: it it really is. Uh, so so the the woman on the TV, uh, she's I guess supposed to be a flamenco dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, she she dances and then she just stops and says, "Why don't you get out of here, Finchley?" Um, and, that, that bothered me a little bit just from a practical uh practical concerns. But but also Nothing else did though. No. How how did <laughs> How does the shaver start flying and defying gravity? Like, like I understand later on, it's chasing him down the stairs and just kind of crawling. Sure. So I can, I can get. You I can I, build I, up
1: that kinetic energy to.
2: Yeah, I, I can, I can figure that out. It's, it's the defying gravity shaver that, that bothers me. I mean, first of all, if he has a shaver that can defy gravity, why is he complaining about all the machines in his life? Clearly, this guy's got, got the best stuff around.
1: I am currently. Uh rocking the worst the second worst beard of my entire life only rivaled by the beard that i shaved a month ago (laughs) if i had an electric razor that would proactively jump into the air and shave my face it would be
2: fantastic right what is this guy complaining about he he's over here saying that none of the machines work and in reality, they're working better than anybody's anybody else's machines.
1: He could harness what these what these machines are doing and sell them for a pretty penny, and probably probably get an eight dollar hotel room anywhere in the country.
2: Probably at least eight dollars, <laughs> and uh, and that's why I come back to my original uh, original point here that uh, I think Finchley is in fact the most unlikable. Twilight's own character.
1: You know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like, there there have been characters that I'm just like, Oh God, this guy is just, it's, it's lazy writing. And and that's just what every character was. But uh, so far, I think you're right. Finchley is just so uniquely unlikable that it doesn't make me want to turn off the episode in disgust. but like he is, I, I, I feel no, absolute no sympathy for him.
2: Uh, so first of all, the, the typewriter uh, just starts typing out, uh, you know, why don't you get out of here, Finchley? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Stephen King ripped that off from Shining? Yes, absolutely. Now we've got two questions to ask Stephen oh, King. Oh, man. I don't know if we can fit that in. Um, so th- then the, uh, the dancer on the TV starts yelling at him. Uh, the shaver chases him. And then um, I, I think uh, I think the the clock starts yelling at him. I mean, we're some. I I don't know what what he was drinking. But I think the, was, the
1: yeah the phone starts yelling at him, and then like he uh, that's when he goes outside and his car like rolls down the hill or something like that.
2: It, it rolls down the hill and starts chasing him. And my my favorite moment in the episode is when. Um, he the the cars chasing him and he just ducks behind a bush. It's is this, this supernatural car is going to be fooled by that? But I guess to his credit, it actually is because the car just keeps going for a while.
1: It's like in every movie in the uh, like from like eighty five to ninety five when there was at least like one heat stink, stink uh, seeking missile in uh, in every action movie, <laughs> and, and somehow they always dodged him. Or they got two to, to blow up into each other.
2: Yeah, um, you know, or, or there's the uh, the 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 hunt for Red October scene where he just goes straight at yes. the other sub, and then the the torpedo hits the other sub instead. That's beautiful. That, that's my favorite. Yeah,
1: is are, are there any um, hot heat seeking missile uh, scenes in Righteous Might?
2: Uh, actually, there aren't, uh, Sean. I'm glad you asked uh, because wonderful. they. Uh, uh they they go back to nineteen forty one in in which case they they really don't need uh, heat seeking missiles oh, true, to, true. to to shoot down Japanese zeros because mm-hmm. they they, they can't evade any missiles, let alone uh, needing heat-seeking missiles. And uh, obviously, the Zeros wouldn't have been equipped with them either. So yeah. I,
1: I do appreciate that. It's uh, it's true to the times and, and true to historical context. Where, where can I pick up a, a copy of Righteous Mike,
2: Keith? And I'm glad you asked. You could either go to uh, Eckhart's Press, uh, Eckhart'sPress.com. Uh, it's uh, there on the front page. Or you could go to Amazon.com. Fantastic. And uh, just type in "righteous might" or Keith Conrad. I think I believe both will actually uh, uh, bring it up. Actually, uh, come to think of it, I did actually create a Bitly link. Oh, perfect! bit.ly/slash righteous might capital R capital M, and it'll it'll take you right there. I'm I'm so glad you
0: asked. Beautiful, beautiful.
2: Uh, You know, it's uh, it's just about uh, Christmas time, so I mean, you know, if you need some last minute gifts, we got you covered.
1: It's, 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 it's more than a stocking stuffer.
2: Oh, actually, now that you mention it, uh, there is actually a scene early in the episode, uh, early in the episode, early in the story where um, they actually do mention heat-seeking missiles, but they're not actually, they're, they're only mentioned. Oh, nice. And they they aren't actually in the story, so <laughs> not completely out of nowhere. Uh, but, but get your copy of Righteous Might today. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Um so after he somewhat successfully evades the car, uh <laughs> the car does track him down. And it, it's one of the one of the strangest drowning scenes I've ever seen because he he seems to be swimming but keeping his head underwater. And I, yes.
1: I, I, I <laughs> It's not a very well directed scene or, uh, or, uh, or acted, but you know.
2: I mean, granted, in, in 1960, 61, you know, they, they couldn't CGI it in there or anything. You know, it's true. They, they, they were kind of limited into what they could do, and, and ultimately the point gets across. So I guess I should stop complaining about it. <laughs> I do appreciate
1: um, when, uh, when the car uh, almost hits the, the kid and then mm-hmm. all of the neighbors are around his like driveway and stuff like that. Um, and then he goes back in to check things out. He, uh, sucks up to the cop <clears throat> because he says, uh, I'm going to go, you know, check this out. And then when I come back, if any of you are still out here, I'm going to ask this underpaid, overworked, uh, you know, law enforcement officer to, to escort you off yeah. forcibly.
2: Literally, literally the only person that, uh, that Finchley compliments in the entire, <laughs> <country>. <laughs> And which is kind of, um, that's what kind of makes him, I think, even
1: like to, to your point, makes him less likable because the like one sided villain would probably insult the cop in in season one of the Twilight Zone.
2: Yeah, so it proves that you know they're they're getting a little uh, more creative in the writing, so that's good. Never hurts. Yeah. Really. Um,
1: when did when does he uh, just go on like a marathon of uh, of booty calls?
2: the uh, uh, Finchley or the uh, or the uh, police officer
1: oh I thought it was Finchley who like calls up a bunch of he calls up a bunch of women and like um, I understand you know you, you're not exactly gonna have like a full a full conversation um, uh, you know on, on the phone in, in a TV show but he calls up this one woman uh, because he just wants first he has Barbara to spend some time with him.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, or I, 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 think, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. That's like right before the car chases him. I think that that's yes. what He has to, to
1: spend some time and she's like, Oh, that's really sweet. But no, absolutely not. You're, you're awful. Um, I talked to Keith. You're the worst.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I've, I've heard you're the worst Twilight Zone character ever.
1: <laughs> but then he calls up like I guess several women from his past and just in a blink of an eye, it's like, hi, Susan. Oh, congratulations. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll send you a, a wedding gift. So it's like ostensibly the conversation goes like, hey, Susan. Oh, God, I'm married. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, that I think that was that was right before he died, and rightfully so. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh so we're not quite sure. I you know, because he, he didn't look like he was having a heart attack. It looked like he just really didn't want to come to the surface. <laughs> yeah, and could you, you blame him? Yeah, really. Uh what, one last question about this particular episode, Sean. Do you believe that uh, this is actually a prequel to uh the movie Terminator? <laughs>
1: Do I think, uh, uh, was it, is it Cyberdyne, like their beginnings in uh, what happened yeah. uh, over here? Yes absolutely. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I think they, they actually, uh, you know, originally before Cyberdyne got into the, uh, you know, unstoppable robot killing machine business, uh, they were in the TV shaver and uh, clock and uh, and car business. I just like really Diverse company, Cyberdyne.
1: I would love to see a shared universe of maximum overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) And this particular episode of Twilight Zone. No other ones. Let's
2: let's, let's get James Cameron on the show and and, and see if maybe we can get him to do it. We've
1: had so many big names. I mean, he can't say no. Clearly. And I mean, he was married to Linda Hamilton for, for a spell, so maybe she'll get on too.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, it, we'll, we'll make it. They've got to be in
0: separate episodes, though, because we yeah. only have one guest in episode. It's true. It's very true. It could just be that Mr. Bartlett Finchley succumbed from a heart attack and a set of delusions. It could just be that he was tormented by an imagination as sharp as his wit and as pointed as his dislikes. But as perceived by those attending, this is one explanation that has left the premises with the deceased. Look for it filed under M for machines in the twilight zone. Abatron.